Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. Good morning, East Haven, and good morning to the folks that are joining uh, online this morning. So good to be with you. Uh, It's like coming home, and uh, I've told you that before. For those that don't know me, David Williams, Association Mission Strategist here in Lincoln County. But our roots run deep in East Haven, and uh, so many people that we know, uh, you ordained me. You know, I I got to thinking, um, Dwayne and some of those guys, others will remember, uh, somewhere around about, uh, let's see if I can hit it pretty close, about 30 years ago. Uh, I preached my first sermon at East Haven on a Saturday Easter weekend. Brother Ben again called me, and he said, Brother David, I'm sick. I can't go tomorrow. Can you go? You're talking about one nervous guy uh, to stand in the old building, preach to a, a building full of people. Um, I talked about trailblazing. I remember uh, exactly what went on that morning and just praise the Lord and thank God for you. I'm praying for you. I'm excited uh, not only to be here. My wife, Selena, is with us this morning, and, um, but we're praying for the transition. Brother Howell coming and looking for him as your new pastor. What a joy that's going to be. And I'm going to tell you what I've been praying. I knew I got the count from the morning he was here and you voted and there was over 400 people here. I'm praying that this building will be filled to overflow. I'm praying that God will move. I'm praying that God will move in a mighty way. I believe that East Haven has never reached its potential. Been praying in that way. And so, God, I'm, I'm, I've been praying for you that, that it will begin to reach its potential, that God will do some amazing things. Some of you may not know, but I, I talked to Dwayne and Kenny uh, two weeks ago, well, about a week and a half ago, a guy met uh, Lee Davis, Mississippi Convention. He's a Mississippi boy, uh, graduated from Blue Mountain College. And I told him, I said, he's a church planner. And I said, look, I want to talk to you. A week and a half ago, I talked to him. He's in Montana. Uh, he's in uh, right outside uh, Kalispell, Montana. Does that ring a bell with anybody? If you see a few hands going up, for those that say, what in the world has Kalispell, Montana got to do with us? Somewhere back in the 60s, I think it was in the 60s, I may be corrected, but 60s or 70s, East Haven, listen, planted a church in Kalispell, Montana. It's entitled, or it's, its name is East Haven Baptist Church. Go look it up, easthaven.org, youreasthaven.net. Go look it up. Look what's taking place. I scrolled through there just looking this morning. They're without a pastor. And, and I began to look at all their ministries, and I said, you know, I wonder just how many people here even know that there was a church planted back in the 60s. And look what's happened. It's in the top churches in Montana. It's one of the largest churches in Montana. They're in three services, Saturday night, Sunday morning, planting churches, Sending church planners out. I mean, things are happening. I say all that to say to you, I'm hoping to partner with Lee Davis uh, through our association. He's going to be leaving Montana, going to North Phoenix, joining up with two other graduates with uh, Blue Mountain and another couple, and they're going to be in North Phoenix, and, and we're looking at doing some partnership there. 
Uh, but what an amazing journey to think about what took place back then, where you are now, the vision that was given a long time ago in the midst of the move, and where we're going. And I praise God that I just can be a part of it in the association, and look what God's going to do in the midst of that. And so I'm praying for you. And I'm going to probably call you forward this morning at the end because I want to pray with you. And it may be my last time with you before uh, Pastor Howe comes. But I tell you, I believe God's got some good stuff in store. And I'm telling you, I'm excited about it. Um, I, I listened to Gary's message. I went back and listened to Brother Gary last night, last Sunday. And he said so much to you. Uh, don't, you know, you got a great staff. They've stepped in the gap, and Robert and Phil, and, you know, I was telling somebody a moment ago that didn't know our background here that, you know, we go a long ways back with Phil, Brother Ben, and all those folks, you as family, but you think about your staff and then what they've done. Are they perfect? In no way. But they love the Lord. And I thank God for Robert and Michelle and Phil and your other extended staff that have reached out and done some associational stuff for us. Thank God for them. Thank God for you in leadership. I got to meet with your search team on several occasions. And I told somebody standing down here this morning, I said, you had a special search team. You had a God-given search team that worked for the honor of God, and God showed up. And so I'm telling you, you got some good things coming, February 26. And uh, looking forward to it and what God's going to do in preparation for that. And, uh, you know, when Pastor Howard comes in, he's not going to be perfect. He's not going to do everything that you want done. But I want to challenge you this morning, East Haven, to follow him as God's man, as God's leader, as God's under-shepherd. See what God's going to do. And you pray, and you get behind him, and you see what God's going to do in and through your lives like you've never seen before. That's my prayer, that God would do something bigger, not only in East Haven, but that you'll be the lighthouse in, in Lincoln County and be what God really wants you to be. And so I want to challenge you in that area this morning. Take your copy of God's Word. If you're online, take yours as well. Go to Colossians chapter 3 this morning. Um, if you remember Gary's message, I, I listened to it last night, and I said, wow, thank you, Lord. Because he was in Romans 10 last week. In Romans 10, 13, who's the gospel for? You remember the one word? Come on. The gospel was for everyone. Everyone. So that all could come to Christ. Uh, not a certain group, not an ethnic group, not a color, not a nation, but the world. And I'm telling you, God has given me a heart for the world. And he ought to give all of us when we think about Acts 1-8, think about the Great Commission, think about what God wants to do. There's so many. Do you realize this morning in Lincoln County, there's over 20,000 people that are not in church anywhere? In Lincoln County this morning, over 20,000 people are not in church anywhere. Who do you know that you may be the only one? that can reach them. It's my prayer that God will put them on your heart and won't leave you alone, that you'll begin to pray for them. If you're a guest this morning, that God will put somebody on your heart in life that you can begin to pray for. If you're listening online this morning, that God will move. I know we got some folks listening from Las Vegas this morning and, and some other places around the world. And, and so I just pray that you and I will take it and run with it. And so I entitled this morning, Let Others See Jesus in You. I apologize that I didn't get in the notes to uh, Robert. Uh, so you could have it in front of you. They'll be on the screen, I think, and you can jot some of them down. It's going to be self-explanatory to a lot of ways. But, you know, when you look at that, um, you could really just say, uh, if then, therefore, so. And, and those are some beginning of some major points in the midst of Colossians. And what God really wants to do in your life and in my life. And the fact is, if you're born again, 
if you're, a, if you're a child of God and you know that you're a child of God, then we ought to be lit, giving and extending the living water, which is Jesus Christ. If we believe the gospel's for everyone, then we need to be telling others about it. And we need to be living that life that God has so called us to live. So look with me at the word of God this morning. Look in chapter 3, Colossians. Let's begin with the first verse there. Paul writes and he says, If then you have been, ra- um, you have been raised up with Christ... Keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, that place of power, that place place of authority. There our Lord Jesus sets. And then Paul says, set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden in Christ in God. When Christ who is our life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. We could stop right there and I could just say, a few things to you right there that you ought to seek the things of God that you ought to set your mind on the things that are of of God and then the fact that you ought to know that Jesus is that God is the only source of life and you could just talk there in those first four verses about those three things uh specifically but I wanted to to jump down if you will and I'm gonna um just intentionally go past 5 through 11 and I want to go to verse 12 Paul says, and so, as those who have been chosen of God, here we are, children of God, listen, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has complained against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also you should. And beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ Rule, interesting term. I'll say a word about that in a moment. Rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And here it is. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him, the God and Father. Let's pray this morning. Father, I pray for the anointing of your word. I pray, God, that you speak to our hearts and lives this morning, where we find ourselves, in this building, online, wherever we are, that, God, that, Lord, our hearts right now would just be open. Our minds would be listening to you this morning. And, God, that, Lord, that we would live for you so that others, others might see Jesus in us god let that be god i know that's your goal that's your unction that's your power so god may we take that and may we live it fully each and every day of our life in christ's name amen i want to ask you this morning are you a source of living water is your life a fresh breath when you walk in the room and those kinds of things or maybe are you the dead sea (laughs) i mean it just kind of runs in and gets stagnant and sits there what needs to happen in your life I think last time I was here, I asked you a question. Are you where God wants you to be right now in life? Are you there? If not, why? What's holding you back from that standpoint? What's really keeping you uh, from being all that God wants you to be? Um, All of us in this building probably can say, I've been embarrassed at some point in my life. Matter of fact, we think about that word and and, uh, we'll go back and we'll think maybe it's the most embarrassing moments 
Maybe we got caught in a situation or some different things. We didn't say something right or something didn't come out quite right. Uh, and we were embarrassed. Um, those kinds of things. I often wonder, is God ever embarrassed with us? You ever think about that? When the opportunities come and we miss them. I mean, we're accountable, right? But so many times we just pass it off and say, well, I'll, I'll get to it when I can or I'll do it when I can. No, no, no. God puts people in our path so that you and I can shine the light of Jesus. Can we be, be that well of fresh living water? Thank, listen, on that same note, thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy. And you look back through the Old Testament and, and all that God did and sometimes destroying a people. Sometimes I wonder, God, do you just, wow, outside of your grace and mercy, you just want to just wipe us out. But thank God he loves us. Thank God he cares for us. This morning, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's just start right there. The gospel is open to everyone. There's only one way to heaven. That's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He came and he gave his life. He died on Calvary's cross, sacrificed his life, shed his blood for forgiveness of sin. Your sin, my sin. And then you and I submit ourselves unto the Lordship of Christ. And wherever we were, go back in your mind's eye. Are you farther along in the journey with Christ than you were the day you met him? See, I'm convinced, Robert, that so many of us know him by name. We know that there's a God, but our life never shows it. Our, our life never lives it out. Our life never oozes jesus christ and so paul is dealing with something at Colossae. by the way paul never went to the church at Colossae. never went there he sent epaphroditus church planner whatever protege and they started their church at Colossae. and but you know what happened syncretism gnosticism brother what is all that the world the world influenced the church instead of the church influencing the world. And he's saying, what I want you to understand this morning, a new pastor coming in, the energy that's coming with that, that you begin to energize and you begin to influence the world in Lincoln County and literally around Acts 1-8, doing it all like you've never done before. We had a training yesterday for Sentinel training, security training, going out of the country. I don't even know what our count was, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 probably from all over. And, and begin to share. Somebody said they're going to Cambodia. Somebody said they're going to Laos. Uh, some of us said Africa. Uh, some of us said Guatemala. Some of us said other places. Praise God for that. And God, it, guys and ladies and gentlemen, it all starts here. And then we branch out. And we do what God has called us to do. And, and Paul was dealing with the very thing that has influenced us in so many ways in the world coming into the church. And you and I begin to take a back seat and, and we begin to just kind of, uh, kind of just slide in and come in and sit down and go out and, and life's just monotonous. My prayer is this morning that your life won't be monotonous anymore. That you'll get back to where you used to be. Whatever the case is, either you're a, a stream of living water and, and you're vibrant and you're talking about Jesus and you're talking about what's going on, or you're the Dead Sea and everything's coming in and it's just swelling up and it's dying it's not what god wants us to do and paul was dealing with that very very thing when you look at Colossae and you deal with the standpoint of what he wants to do 
Because the world teaching gives us emptiness and a life full of void, a life full of questions with no answers. That's exactly what takes place. You know, you look, I've had people say, well, I can live my life and do like I want to. It'd be another sermon, just like I gave you the other three a moment ago, but somebody might say, you know, sin is fun. Well, it is fun for a little while. But as a child of God, what Paul addresses, and I didn't go into that this morning, but I just feel the need, I need to go back and say something there about verses 5 through 11. I told you that we could entitle this, if then, therefore, so, which means if then, if you're a Christian, a child of God, then therefore, because of that, there's some realities that you and I need to be living and Paul takes in verse 5 and verse 11 through verse 11, and, and why shouldn't you sin? If somebody comes up and says, well, why do I need to get away from sin? First thing is sin hurts God. Sin's what put Jesus on the cross. Sin took Jesus to the cross. Sin brings the wrath of God. You can look there and find that. Sin is no respecter of persons. Doesn't matter if you're a pastor, a janitor, a PhD or somebody just starting, somebody who's 10 or 11 or somebody who's 111, sin is no respecter of persons. And then sin is only conquered through the blood of Jesus. It's the only way you're going to get it. It's the only way you're going to deal with it. So, Brother Dave, what does Paul say to us then about living for Jesus? What does Paul really say that you and I ought to be doing? And he deals with some individual things, and then he comes into the church to close out those, va- those verses that I gave you just a moment ago. I was listening this morning, doing some reading, and, and, and Ed Young makes a statement. He says, the world tells us to be quiet, but when the world tells you and I to be quiet, we need to be bold. So I'm telling you this morning, church, I'm telling you, Christians, those that are listening online, you and I need to be bold, not an arrogant boldness. But we need to be bold. And we need to be willing to speak the truth. So many people don't want to hear the truth, but what Paul does, he comes down and he says, because you've been chosen of God. Going back to even what Gary said last week, the gospel is available to all. And the fact that when you surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, it won't be but a few weeks and I'll be in Africa. I'm looking forward to that. And the gospel that works over there works in the United States of America. The folks that are going to Guatemala, when you get down there, guess what? The gospel that works in Guatemala works in the United States of America. It's the gospel. And God says, and Paul says when we're chosen of God, then he says, here's some stipulations. That you and I ought to be a holy people. A holy people. That's number one. You can write it down this morning. That you and I ought to be a holy people. What does that mean? that we're chosen of God, that we're set apart, that we realize that we are responsible under God. So many times we come and, and we're saved, but it's like a policy that, 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 that's freedom. God didn't save you to be free to sin. He saved you from sin. He chose us. And he calls you and I to be a holy people. That's why I shared with you the reasons not to sin. It hurts God. And God, and Paul says that we ought to be set apart. Matter of fact, Peter says it like this. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Listen, that you may proclaim the goodness of him who has called you out of, listen, darkness into the marvelous light. We just sang about that a moment ago. 
a chosen people, a holy people, set apart for the gospel of God, set apart to do the work of God. Repentance, we've lost that word. We've lost the word in the meaning of repentance, but I'm telling you, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs a good dose of humility, and I'm telling you, we need to get back to the repentant aspect of life. Repentance. That we're to be a holy people, that we're to be recognized that we're set apart, that we're peculiar, empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. You know, there was a time growing up in my early years, we didn't hear much about the Holy Spirit of God. There was a time in Southern Baptist life, we just kind of discounted the Holy Spirit, put it off to the side. Why? Because of the charismatic movement. But I'm going to make a statement to you this morning. All of us are charismatic. If we're saved, why? Because it's charisma. It's the grace of God. The Holy Spirit of God. The third part of the Trinity. And we need the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus ascended into heaven. And what did he tell the disciples? If I sin, if I go away, I'm going to send to you what? A comforter, a helper, a paracletos. One that comes along beside you. One that will empower your life. The Word of God says that, you, that the Holy Spirit of God, once you are born again, He takes up residence in your life. That's why we are be a holy people and beloved. What does that mean? Loved uh, graciously by God. God loves us in spite of who we are. We're to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ, and, and we're to put on this, this clothing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, not in an arrogant kind of way saying, look at me. No, no, no. Live it in humility so that others might see Jesus in us and look at what we've got and say, hey, I want that. What's different about you? Let's take it a step further. Not only does Paul say to, to um, be a holy people, but then he comes and he says, uh, holy beloved, and then he says, look, put on a heart of compassion compassion that that kick in the gut i don't know if you've ever been hit in the gut and it just kind of takes your your breath away but that's exactly what compassion's talking about there literally to where your stomach is upset you're hit so hard that's the compassion that you and i have not a judgmental attitude but one of compassion i often tell people be careful what you pray for because compassion will break your heart like it's never been I can remember my sisters here this morning, and I can remember us growing up, and on TV, you know, the TV commercials would come on, and they'd show the little kids in Africa or foreign countries, and the little bellies would be swollen, and, and there'd be time and time again that somebody around the house or whatever would make comments and said, you know, they always show the worst ones. You know what I found out? When you go there, they're all that way. But you know what changes them? clean living water you put a fresh spring in or you put a well with good water listen to me within four to five weeks their bellies go down because they're not swollen with worms anymore and you see compassion and planned on selling sharing this with you this morning but we drove up in the parking lot and it's kind of neat how god does some things Selena so stepped out of the parking lot and there was a penny. This is it right here. Those that are listening, some of you heard me talk about it. But this particular penny has been run over. It's scarred. It's dented. You really can't even tell it's a penny. 
But I could take this penny, as scarred and as damaged as it is, and I could go down to one of our local banks, and I could hand them that penny and tell them I want a new penny, and they'd give me a 22 or a 23 penny that would be pure and shiny. I say that to you to say this this morning. Some years ago, we were at Tacoa Falls, Georgia. I took a youth group up there. And we were walking back to the dorm. And I just happened to be walking. I looked down, and just something caught my eye. And I bent down, I took my finger, and I went around it. And when I flipped it, it was a penny. But it was black, and it was tarnished, and it was all messed up. And I picked that up in the Holy Spirit of God. He didn't do it in an audible voice, but here's what he said. That penny's been left there a long time because everybody considered it worthless. And that's just the way we do in life, he said. We pass one life after another, one life after another, one life after another. And we never share Jesus. And it's like we consider him worthless. And no matter how scratched up, how beat up, how dented, how dark, when they come to Jesus, I'll give them fresh living water. I'll change their life. Compassion. It's amazing to me. I've gotten pennies out of gutters. I've got them out of urinals. I've got them out of drive-throughs. Uh, I've got them out of gum. My wife knows I never pass a penny. And I pick them up, and then at the end of the year, I put them in missions. Let them go to Light Moon or whatever. And that's what happened to this one. But I say all that to you this morning. Paul calls, charge, uh, charges the church that we're to be a holy people, set apart, compassionate. Look what else he says. And let me just kind of move quickly. He says, not only should you have a heart of compassion, but kindness, humility. There it is. I'm telling you, sometimes we think we're too big for our britches. We think we've got the major key to heaven. And the real key is Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to give everybody. Humility, gentleness. Boy, so many times we're harsh. Patience. Aren't you glad that God's patient? Man, I get up every morning. And I thank God for his grace and his mercy and his wisdom and his patience and several other things. And then what he says, Paul says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. So we're to be a chosen people. We're to be holy. We're to be set apart. We're to be compassionate. What, what does that mean for you and I this morning? We're to imitate Christ. The Bible says that you and I ought to have the mind of Christ. That it becomes a daily activity. I wish we could all get a servant's heart. Listen to me, it doesn't matter if you're a carpenter or a painter or an engineer, or vice president, or president of a company, or if you're a staff, if you're a stay-at-home mom, or stay-at-home dad, or a school teacher, if God has you where you are, you're to be a servant of God. God's called us to serve in that ministry wherever we are. And church, we've got to grasp that. We've got to grasp the fact that we're all ministers, every single one of us. We're all ministers, and we need to grasp that very fact this morning when we think about compassion, that, that God really works in our life. How thirsty are you? How hungry are you for the, for the gospel? It's 
So we're to be holy and chosen and set apart and compassionate. And, and then he says forgiving. <laughs> well, that's tough, huh? It's tough when we've got to turn the other cheek. What does the Bible say about forgiveness? It says as we forgive others, so we will be forgiven, right? You know how we bring that in comparison? I want you to think right now how much you've been forgiven. What all has God forgiven you of? What, what if we put it on the big screen and we went around and we took each individual's life and it just began to flow there this morning? Talking about embarrassment on the front end? But you know what covers that? God's grace and forgiveness. Aren't you glad he takes the sin and removes it as far as the east is from the west? Wow. Let others see Jesus in you, church. Let others know that you love the word, thy God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Peter said, Lord, how how many times should we forgive? Seventy times seven, Jesus said no. (laughs) I mean, seven times, Jesus said no, seventy times seven. That's tough. That's tough in the flesh. How do you do that, Brother David? How, How can you get to that point? The Holy Spirit of God. It's the only way you can. You can't do it in the flesh. The flesh will not allow you to do it. And so you look at what God really wants to do in your life this morning. And so I ask you this morning, there's probably not a blank on your worship guide, but just maybe start writing down or take your smartphone out and go to your notes. What all has God forgiven you of? Man, I could fill it up. God wants the victory in your life and my life in his church this morning. Paul goes a step further and he says, holy people, compassionate people, set apart people, forgiving people. And then he says, loving. Look what he says about love. And beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Isn't it amazing? That Paul puts all of this, and right before he speaks to the church, now he's going to speak to the body, and I only got a few minutes, I think, but anyway, stay with me. He combines it all together with love. Because love covers all things, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. For God so loved you and me that he saw us dirty as we are, saw us putting the nails in his son's hand, saw us spitting on him, saw us stabbing him, saw us cussing him, doing all we've done. But he so loved us that Jesus went to the cross and he sacrificed his life. And in the midst of all, he looks off the cross. Forgive them. Forgive them. For they know not what they do. His love. God's standard. The word there is agapao, comes from agape. I've had people argue with me or try to argue from the standpoint, we can't have God's love. Why would God tell us we can't have it, or we can't have it if we can't have it? God says we're to love the Lord thy God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love our neighbors as ourselves. Why does Paul say that you and I love bonds us together? It's the real deal. I'm convinced we don't know how to love. That's another day. Men don't know how to love their wives. They don't know how to love their families. Uh, Women don't know how to love their husbands. Many times the church doesn't know how to love the world. There's some churches that they don't have a sign on the door, but some people ain't welcome. 
Where do you find that in Scripture? Cover it all in love. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You, you know, you could change that and just say, do unto others as you would have God do unto you. And you really think about what God does in our own life. So he says loving people. And then here's where he changes to the church. And he says, and let the peace look of Christ rule in your hearts to which you were called to one body. Wow. You know what the word peace there really means when it says peace rule? It's like the umpire. It's like the referee in the game. It keeps order. And so that's what it's talking about there, that the peace of God would come to the top and, and just rule in our life. That everything that we do, we would have the heart of compassion, that we would have the heart of love, and the peace of God would rule in our body, the body of Christ. We don't all look alike. We don't all dress alike. We don't all think alike. But God calls us to come together in unity. And I'm telling you, if East Haven reaches its potential, it's because we come and we stay in unity. And you pray like you've never prayed before. And you get on your knees like you've never been on your knees before. Wear them out. And you let God really move. That word peace, shalom, well-being, prosperity. You got an enemy this morning? Pray that God would prosper them. Somebody not speaking from side to side, I hope that's not true, but if it is, go to them. So we need to get this right. I was speaking with a pastor this week, not from this county, dealing with an issue between a staff member and the chairman of deacons. And he said, what I got to do is get them together. I said, yeah, you do. And you got to bring them to unity. And guys and ladies, listen, we need the church unified. You got a new pastor coming in. And I'm not saying you're not unified, but I'm saying we need to be unified together and move forward. The peace of God rule in your hearts. Then Paul goes on to say, not only the peace of God, then he says, be thankful. When was the last time you started your prayer with being thankful? God, I thank you for, and just begin to list. By the way, it's okay to do that before you do confession and then get right because you're not thankful enough. It's a good dose of medicine for us this morning to give thanks in the fact of all God does. And, and Robert, you'll appreciate this, but he goes down and he says, Then let the word of Christ richly dwell in you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing <laughs> with thankfulness in your hearts. How well did you sing this morning? Who was your audience? Reality is God. Is You know what Paul's saying there? They didn't have the New Testament. All they had was the Old Testament. They had Psalms. So what they do? They sing them. Didn't matter if they couldn't carry a tune, they sang. And they worship in spirit and truth and song. Man, that's a vibrant part. And I'm telling you, hats off to the worship team and the choir. The extra hours they put in and to make it where they can come and lead you right to the throne of God. Think about worship. Read the words. You may not know them. Read them. Shout them unto the Lord. Be thankful that God has done all that he does. 
Church, let others see Jesus in you. And then the last verse, he says, And whatever you do in word or deed, listen to what he says, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks through him to God the Father. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. A couple of weeks ago, we had 475 youth for the youth gathering for the association. And what a united time. What a great time. Decisions I'd moved. But here's the deal, church. Same thing I told them. We get bombarded with a lot of voices. We're pulled from pillar to post. But when it all boils down, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Let's try something as we close. I didn't ask for permission. But I want you to think with me real quick. In just a moment, I'm going to count to one, uh, to three. And I want everybody in the building to shout your birth month all at one time. Shout your birth month. Loud as you can, shout your birth month. One, two, three. Loud. That's pretty weak, Robert. We got, I don't know, 200 people here. Let's try it again. As loud as you can. Some of you never shouted in church. You said, man, he talked charismatic. Here we are. It's good for you. Count to three, your birth month. Be proud of it. One, two, three. Let's try something else. When I count to three, shout your last name. One, two two, three. Loud. Can you guys tell what they're saying over there? Can, can y'all tell what they said over here? Did y'all get it? Now let me count. What's the one way to heaven? When I count to three, I want you to shout. I want, I want the car on 84 to know we shouted Jesus. Let the lights blink that are on the front of the building out there. One, two, three. Jesus! I think we can do a little bit better. One, two, three. Jesus! Now, I guarantee you these folks over here know exactly what you said, and you know exactly what they said, and the middle know exactly what they said. And folks, listen to me. You and I need to be clear that whatever we do, in word or deed, we need to do it in the name of Jesus to the glory of God. A lot of voices, a lot of things being pulled. But the message to the church is that we unify in love, that the peace of God umpire our life, that we're thankful, and we're desiring to see people saved like we've never seen before. And we're going to be the one who shares the gospel. You and I can't save anybody, but we know the one who can. I'm going to ask you just to bow your head for a moment. Everybody in the building, you're online, bow your head. Worship team's coming. Listen to me this morning. 
Nobody looking around. But I want you to think right now. Do you really, really know Jesus? Is he Savior and Lord of your life? Are you a spring of living water? Are <laughs> you the dead sea? Maybe you say, man, I'm just so tired. I'm so tired of trying and trying and trying and, and everything has been dead ends for me and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm out of it. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're online and, and you can contact us online. But this morning I want you to know that God loves you. And God's calling you and Jesus died for you and this morning, if you would just uh, surrender your life, something like this, Lord Jesus, I know you died for me on the cross, and I need that forgiveness of my sin. So God, I ask you, through the power of the blood of Jesus, change my life, forgive me. I repent, God, I want to turn, and I want to turn to you. In a moment, we're going to have a public invitation. You can come, and we're going to get someone to counsel with you talk to you about that decision you may be on the other end of that and you say brother dave said man there was a time in my life where i was on fire for the lord but i'm that dead sea right now i'm i'm drained i've been hurt life's hurting me church is hurting me i'm, I'm drained I, i've been out on the forefront i've took some things in life that i really want to take i feel like that worn out penny i want to ask you this morning before god you are would you come to him Go back to the moment that you know God saved you and say, Lord, I, I need that fresh fire. God, I need that fresh fire. God, restore me. God, forgive me, God, where I've been. Forgive me of my attitude, Lord. God, restore me. He's there with open arms. Some of you are dealing with all kinds of things this morning. I know many of you don't know me. I'll be down front. Brother Phil will be down front. We've got counselors available this morning. Maybe God's leading you to join this fellowship of the family of God. You've been here for maybe just the first day, or you've been here for several weeks, or maybe months or years, and, and you've just been hanging in the ballast. Today would be a great day for you. And we'll get someone to talk to you about that. And, and you can become a part of a vibrant family of God that I believe is on the verge of exploding for the kingdom of God. Somebody this morning, you might say, Brother Dave, I feel the call to missions or I feel the call to ministry. You don't know exactly what it is or maybe you defined it. It'd be a great time for you to respond. Love to pray with you this morning. Love to pray with you. Right now, I want to lead us in just an open prayer, and then I'm going to have you stand. And This time of invitation will be open. I tell you what, just go ahead and stand with me. Somebody may want to move to the altar. These altars are open. Maybe you want to come and fall on your face before God just privately, or maybe there's a daddy in the house or a granddaddy in the house or grandmother or, or wife, and maybe a husband without a wife is not here, or the wife is here without the husband and you just want to come and be on this altar this morning I, I don't even know if you guys have been on the altar much but i'm asking you there's power on your knees on the altar of god right here in front of this church building you can come right now i'm going to pray and i'll be down front robert and the worship team is going to lead us in time of invitation 
would you respond? Father, in the name of Jesus, we are this morning. And God, I pray that the church of God would desire to live for you like we've never lived before. God, I pray that we'd be willing to be compassionate, that we want to be set-apart people unapologetically. And God, we want to be real so that the world around us. And God, we're going to pray and do our part for the local body of Christ here at East Haven. And so, God, I pray for them. And I pray, God, for somebody who needs to be saved this morning. They'll come forward. Somebody needs to join and become part of this membership. They'll do it this morning. God, have your way, Lord. In Christ's name.